It's time to place your bets. Let's talk to the pros. Welcome in, everybody, to Betting Pros. It's me, Joey P. Joe Pizapia, and we got a great show for you today, as always. Today, we are officially halfway through the Major League Baseball season, and that means it's time to take a look at where we stand with some of our preseason predictions, some of our preseason awards, and whether or not we still feel confident in some of those wagers, and maybe we want to take our chips and put them some other places. And of course, if you recall, when we did this before the season started, my illustrious partner, the EIC of Fantasy Pros, Dan Harris, my co-host from Leading Off on Fantasy Pros, we sat down, we gave you the goods, and overall things went pretty well, but... We are sticklers for rules, and we want to make sure that we're holding ourselves accountable. So, Dan Harris, I hope you have your accountability hat on today, because we're talking Major League Baseball halfway through the year. All I know is I never once said that a bet on Shohei Otani to win the MVP was wasting money. Never said it. I don't know who would have said that. That's a ridiculous thing to have said. So, don't worry. I'm totally ready to be accountable for things I actually said, not that, which I never said. Uh, I, now I kind of want to go back. Did you really say that? Did you, <laughs> no, I didn't. I don't think you I quite com- said that. I completely poo-pooed the idea that he could win. I did it on our Fantasy Bros live stream or did it here on our Betting Pros podcast. I was like, it was fine to sprinkle a little something, but I did not view it as a realistic possibility. And now absent an injury, it's hard to see it not happening. So yeah, there are, there are misses, but there are plenty of hits as well. So let's get into it. All right, here we go. So let's start with the big ones. Let's start with MVP. In fact, Let's start with the American League, because right now, if you go to bettingpros.com, you can see the consensus of everything that we're talking about. And maybe, just maybe, in some of these betting houses, you can find some odds that are a little bit better than even, because that's what you got right now for Shohei Otani, who I think started out the year somewhere in the 25 to 1 range, and then it crept to 10, and then started to get real interesting in the 8.5, 7, 6.5. Uh, now it is dead even for Otani and Vlad Guerrero Jr. Even Vlad Guerrero Jr. has come out and said, I don't even know how you can compare me to what that guy's doing. J.J. Watt takes to Twitter. He doesn't even play baseball. And he's talking about this. Are you guys crazy? Are you drunk? Have you seen what this guy's doing? The question is, would you get involved in the even bet? Is there somebody even else out there worth putting money on? I don't think there is. Even barring injury, even with missing time, I don't even know if you could put anyone's stats against what Otani's doing because he has a category that no other hitter does, and they're all the pitching categories, and that's the difference. So even money right now, not a lot of value, but is it worth the investment because of the difference between these two entities? I guess to answer the second part first, no, there is nobody else who I can see factoring into this race. I mean, it would take both of these guys essentially getting injured for the rest of the season to really make it happen. I mean, who else, who's the third favorite here? Is it Xander Bogarts? Xander Bogarts, Bogarts having, yeah. He's having a great season, and I, I've got him at plus 2,800 in our betting pros consensus rankings. Sure, that's fine, but there's just no chance. I mean, and again, the Red Sox are not succeeding because of Xander Bogarts. J.D. Martinez is having a fabulous bounce-back season. Rafael Devers, also exceptional. You know, even Hunter Renfro is participating. Alex Verdugo, it's a team effort with that, as opposed to the Angels, where you've got Otani, who is doing historic stuff, and the Blue Jays, which, again, you've got Bo Bichette, but Vladdy is playing out of his absolute mind. So, look, for me, 
fine. If you, I think Otani is going to win it regardless of where the Angels finish just because of the historic nature of what he's doing. The only thing that I would really do at this point, if I were going to get involved, is look for the different books. You know, again, at Betting Pros, we show the odds at different books. You want to go with plus money at Shohei Otani at plus 105 on DraftKings. If you could then also sprinkle a little bit on the plus 110 on Vladdy at FanDuel, go ahead and do that so you can probably almost certainly lock in a very minor profit. Other than that, just stay away. One of these two guys is going to win it, and I don't really think it's worth it at this point. What did you get them at earlier in the season? Uh, I the I I, did, I locked him in in season. Uh, okay, about a month and a half into the season, I locked in Otani at six fifty. Okay, so that's that's where I got Otani because I felt like this is the last time it's ever going to be this high of a number. Yeah, it's just going to be. Yeah. And I waited, and I was really tempted at I think it was nine and a half where I started to go. Ooh, I really want to do this, but I had a little bit of discipline, and it cost me some money. But you know what? I didn't wait too long where it cost me all the money, potentially. I'm going to disagree respectfully with Dan. Don't sprinkle any Vlad. Sprinkle it all on Otani. This is special, especially this week in in front of the New York media doing what he's doing. It's a a media award. Don't forget that. And media right now is loving the Shohei Otani show. Let's talk about the National League a little bit more open here. The consensus betting line here. Jacob deGrom, the pitcher. Still plus 125. You have Fernando Tatis Jr. plus 175. Then Acuna has fallen down to plus 400. He originally was the leader about a month ago when last time we checked in on this. And then he got the Jesse Winkers and some other guys like Cassianos at 30 and above. It's really probably a three-person race, but I will say this. I think this is the time to get involved in Fernando Tatis Jr. He's an everyday player. The Padres have played very good baseball. The narrative is there with the injury. And as much as personally I love DeGrom and what he's doing, and it's spectacular, you can make the case for him. He's not an everyday player. And in a year where you have somebody performing as well as Tatis is, I think you have to think about that. But maybe you feel differently. Is DeGrom transcendent enough for you in terms of a pitching season where even if Tatis hits 40 home runs and seals 25 bases, you're still going to give it to DeGrom because he's been that good. I think the issue with MVP, as you mentioned, is it's a it's a media award, right? We can't quantify it. It's not an over-under, right? We can't say this is what we think. It's what's going to happen. If Tatis stays healthy and the Padres win that division, then yeah, he's got a, a very decent shot at it. But the Mets don't score runs, and I think they're, what, seven games over 500 right now, and I think they're 10-3 and in DeGrom starts. Like, he is the Mets right now, and what he is doing is so historic. But with those odds, it's just not worth it for me to sprinkle on DeGrom at this point because it's a pitcher, and it's rare for him to win. He's already battling the injuries and everything like that. Plus 125, you've got to basically say greater than a 44% chance for him to win the National League MVP. I don't really feel that way. But again, you know from our time at Fantasy Pros, when we talk about it, I am still too worried about Fernando Tatis Jr.'s injury. He's also got big mountains to climb for them to win that division with the Dodgers and the Giants. So for me, this is just not something that's worth even sprinkling on because I just don't feel comfortable with either of these guys at their odds. And they both have injury risks attached to them as well. Uh, Now, in terms of Jacob deGrom, when it comes to Cy Young, a little bit of a different story. The number right here, consensus, is minus 560. So, yeah, no thanks. Nobody's going to do that. The question is, is it worth throwing money anywhere else because of the injury risk of deGrom? If deGrom, God forbid, got shut down in two weeks for another injury or some other kind of issue or ended up only, let's say, making 25 starts this year when all is said and done... That certainly could impact him. You and I have talked on leading off quite a bit about Brandon Woodruff's stats off the charts. 
Uh, the Milwaukee Brewers playing very good baseball. Corbin Burns is at plus 1,600, but Brandon Woodruff is plus 800. Then you have Hugh Darvish at plus 18. You know, is an 8-1, to one, a small chip or two on Brandon Woodruff is not terrible because the stats are, are pretty freaking spectacular. I mean, that's all I can tell you. They just are. They're off the charts good, but the reason why nobody's talking about him is because DeGrom is doing something that looks like a cyborg. The trouble is the amount of starts. If Woodruff ends up with 32 starts and Jacob DeGrom ends up with 25 at the end of the day, that might weigh very heavily on the thoughts of voters. But I, obviously DeGrom's still the overwhelming favorite. Can you make a case for throwing any chips whatsoever anywhere else? Yeah, without question, you can. I mean, look, if DeGrom stays healthy, absent in historic collapse, and we have seen those with the Mets, of course, in the past, but absent in historic collapse, the award is his. What he's doing right now is not human. So if he stays healthy, that's good. We've seen him already battling like three or four injuries this year. And with pitching, there's always the chance of an injury, as we've seen with others. Now, you've mentioned Woodruff. Woodruff is great, and there is value at him, I think, at plus 800. But I guess something that I'm confused about, Joe, and maybe you can explain it to me, is why is Woodruff at plus 800 when Kevin Gosman is at plus 2,000 and Zach Wheeler is at plus 2,500? You look at their stats lined up. They're all pretty similar. Wheeler and Gosman put up a ton of innings as well, which you know factors into the mind of voters because it's going to affect their war. It's going to affect how valuable they are to their team. So for me... I'm definitely springing on Gosman and Wheeler at the very least, given that their odds are so far out of whack with Woodruff. Again, this is not something where a team really factors into it necessarily. Remember, voters will throw out wins and losses as they absolutely should. This is an individual award. So whether the Brewers make the playoffs, that can factor into other things. But I don't think with Cy Young. So do you have any understanding of why Kevin Gosman and Zach Wheeler, their odds are so much higher? I than, think we've uh, seen good runs from Wheeler before. But the, you know, I, this is obviously the best run and the best extended run he's had. I think that's baked into the number right now. I think if he continues to do this for another six weeks, that number will change dramatically. It'll get closer to six or seven uh, to one, something like that. I think it could become that dramatic if he has that kind of a run. But Woodruff is pitching for a first place team and, and that pitching is carrying them as much as Jacob deGrom is carrying the Mets. Brandon Woodruff, Freddie Peralta and Corbin Burns are carrying this absolutely just abysmal offense of the Milwaukee Brewers right now. So I think that's what's happening. And I think people are starting to realize too, this is not one year wonder of Brendan Woodruff, not two years. We're in year three of him. And last year being the shortened season, he didn't get enough credit how good he was. And I think people are starting to realize this guy's an elite pitcher in the national league and his numbers stack up there with the elites, including guys like Garrett Cole in the American league, who is at minus 167. But let me tell you, Right now, these last few starts has not been good. This is a tough number. I am not going minus money on him whatsoever. The other guys around there, Carlos Rodon at plus 300, who is, you know, going in a few weeks ago, we talked about, well, he seems like, you know, him and Trey Mancini is going to, they're going to battle it out for comeback player of the year. But Carlos Rodon is a real shot at Cy Young at this point. Lance Lynn at plus 650. Shane Bieber with the injury. He's fallen all the way from, he was like plus 200 a few weeks ago before the injury to now plus 1500. This is kind of wide open here, Dan, and and I'll tell you what, I don't feel comfortable putting money on any of these guys. Rodon's been the best story, but I find it really difficult to put minus 167 money on Garrett Cole, and I don't like any of these other guys being transcendent, dominating pitchers. I'm going to throw out something fun for you. I think there's a chance if Shohei Otani keeps doing what he's doing, he might start to get into this conversation. And let's not pretend like he can't because 
the strikeout numbers are there, the ERA is there, every start he has, he's getting better, he's going to get himself into this conversation by the time we turn the page to August. I do believe that. All right, well, we'll see whether or not the innings are there. My big thing with him is that I, mean, I don't expect the Angels to compete, and I think they'll want to protect him. But other than Otani, who I know is your boy, and you're, you know, you're in on it, and you've got the spite store open already. I do. I, I know. I love it. Look, and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to take it away from him. He's having a you know, miraculous season. But I agree with you completely on Cole. I, you and I, again, because we host the Fantasy Pros show, we talk about baseball every single day. And we there is a noticeable difference in what Garrett Cole looks like now versus what he looked like before they started cracking down on the sticky stuff. So it basically, you know, minus the, the numbers are all over the place, by the way. The consensus is moving towards minus 190. There's just no way I'm going to sprinkle on it. I don't mind Rodonald, though. Those numbers are kind of short. Plus 300 is not really something where for a guy who has never stayed healthy, if he stays healthy, I think he would be my favorite. I don't mind Lance Lynn either, but I'm going to throw out one other name to Joe, whose, whose odds are pretty high. Without looking, who's the American League leader in ERA among qualified pitchers? Don't look. Oh, Any idea? I, no, I'm not looking. I am not looking. Um, that's a really good question. You Thank know you. I, I, I don't know. I don't have an answer for that one. I can't think the of who answer, would be that dominant. The answer is Kyle Gibson. Kyle Gibson, who's <laughs> a guy course. that you Our and favorite I, guy, our mascot. Our favorite guy. Now, look, he does not have the strikeouts, okay? So those are pretty important, obviously. But he has been absolutely exceptional this entire year. There's been very little. I mean, his FIP and his ex-FIP are in the low threes. That's fine. He doesn't have the war necessarily. Okay, fine. But if he gets traded, Joe, especially to a contender in the American League, but even if he stays, he is having an awesome season that's just completely under the radar. And his odds are plus 5,000. So when you're talking about that, you just, you know, with those odds, all you have to do is view it as something that's even remotely plausible and it's worth the investment. So to the extent I'm going to sprinkle in on this, which I'm probably not because it's silly at this point. But I probably will just do it on Gibson. And other than that, ignore it because the odds on Rodon and even Lance Lynn, who would be my next favorite, aren't long enough for me to take him. Well, I think the Rodon ones are good right now. Um, if he could, here's the thing 13 starts for Rodon. He's got 113 strikeouts in just 78 innings, 24 walks. The uh, the FIP is at 247. The ERA is at 206. The whip is 0. .90. It's not a flash in the pan. It's it's The question is, what does he do over the final 70 plus innings of this season and then you know i'm gonna go back to otani and his 11 starts so far he's got a 258 era he's got 82 strikeouts in 59 innings and a 1.18 whip don't scoff a couple more starts that are really good that are six innings long all of a sudden these stats are going to get eerily similar and i'm telling you right now the narrative is going to begin to build and this is a narrative award and i love stories and let's tell the stories of the young kids coming up too because in the american league Jared Kelnick came and went, and Randy Rosarena has gone stone cold. He's at plus 350. Jared Kelnick at 10 to 1. Wander Franco did finally make his debut. He is at 10 to 1 right now. But I want to talk about somebody else who's at plus 1200. Mm -hmm. And I know it's not Yerman Mercedes. It's not Adley Rutschman. It is Ryan Mountcastle yeah. who is having himself a month. Now, here's the problem he's having a great month. Can he keep any sort of pace to what he's doing? In that great hitter's ballpark, uh, a lineup that's actually much better than people realize at times. Do you think Mountcastle right now is kind of the smart money for American League Rookie of the Year, if you want to take a shot on it? 
I mean, I don't know if I would call it the smart money, but I certainly think it is worth taking a shot at at plus 1200. Again, we talked about his month to month splits. You look at what he did in April versus May versus June. I think he's already got seven home runs. He is a guy who was a touted prospect who we liked coming into the year as a general sort of option uh, in the fantasy space. We were sort of thinking about him maybe for AL uh, rookie of the year, but you know, I think, Joe, I might go a little deeper than that if I'm going. First of all, he's not listed on here, and I haven't seen him. You know, DraftKings is my book. I haven't seen him listed there. If Adolis Garcia is listed at your book, I would like to know what he is listed at necessarily, If he, assuming that he qualifies as a rookie. But Luis Garcia, Joe, is a guy who, again, pitching for the Astros, and we just mm-hmm. saw that they had an injury, right? They had an yep. injury yesterday, which is going to guaranteed keep him in the rotation. He's been outstanding all year long. The, the issue is with him, like Radon, whether or not he can give up. He's a plus 4,000. That's something where I'm willing to take the shot, especially because the Astros are going to get a lot of pub. And I don't know how many of these awards they're going to be able to lock down. Again, all their batters are contributing, but he's been absolutely solid this year at plus 4,000. Those are long odds. That's something that I wouldn't mind having a little bit of action on. But I do agree that Mountcastle, because I don't think he's quite this good as we've seen the last month, but I do think that he's going to continue to generally ascend. And again, rookie of the year, not a team award. It is something where, it's just going to be his performance. So I don't mind it at plus 1200. I'll tell you what to Wander Franco. Keep the eye on it. It's 10 to one right now. And yep. you know, we're kind of remiss. Another reason why the American league Cy Young award race is wide open is because Tyler glass now is out of it now. Correct. Now was probably going to be that guy. So we were kind of, you know, should have mentioned that injury being a huge, you know, between that Bieber and Cole with his lack of spider tack, uh, all of a sudden, a very different dynamic in that race than it was just a month ago. And that is amazing. And this is why sometimes with these major awards, it's helpful to wait or you put some chips down and then you like it. You keep putting chips on it again. You kind of reevaluate where you're at on the national league side. You got Ian Anderson at plus 600. Um, and then you got Cabrian Hayes at plus 350. National league has not been as heavy this year with rookie talent. There yep. may be one or two still to come here to make up uh, for that ground. I still like Ian Anderson's uh, look. Ian Anderson's done a really good job this year. Cabrian Hayes missed a good chunk of the season. Hayes is a very exciting player, good defensive player, good offensive player. But I don't know. I think for the chasm here between these two guys, plus 350 and plus 600, give me Ian Anderson still, uh, just because, once again, a higher profile team. But maybe you have a different line of thinking when it comes to Rookie of the Year in the National League. I do. I definitely would go with Anderson over Cabrian Hayes at this point, just because Hayes missed so much time. So I think, I mean, that's what you said, right? That's where you were leaning as well. Uh, Yeah, I am. Yeah. To the extent I'm going to go with one of those two guys, it will be that guy. But there are a couple of other guys that we're not really talking about that much that people aren't. Big one is Trevor Rogers, right? I mean, he's got 30, he's at plus 3,500. Jazz Chisholm, plus 3,000. Now he's battled some injury and stuff like that. And Jonathan India, which depending on your book, there are some books that still love him out there, plus 4,000. Others are much shorter. But those are three guys who I might look at because, you know, again, Ian Anderson, my, my guess is, is going to win it. He would be my favorite. So I would certainly have some action on him and not Cabrian Hayes because, again, Hayes just missed too much time. But again, when you're talking about Rodgers, you're talking about India, especially if the Reds can find their way into the postseason, which isn't that long of a shot or anything like that. He could get some more notoriety and then he can get some more attention and get that put onto him. So for him, I'm, I'm going to have a little bit on India. I'm going to have a little bit on Jazz Chisholm and I'm going to have a little bit on Trevor Rodgers as well as Ian Anderson. But I'm ignoring his entirely. And as Dan mentioned, you can go to bettingpros.com and find all these different books and make sure you can make the wager you want to make at the correct 
odds that you like. That's the nice thing about bettingpros.com is you're able to do that sort of stuff. All right, let's go and take a look at the divisions real quick. Uh, we are self-loathing Met fans, and yes. we are uh, obviously very, very upfront about that. Uh, we were both kind of looking at the Braves, and right now the Braves are looking up at the Mets. The Mets are minus 400 right now on the betting consensus line to win the division. The Braves are plus 750. The Nats kind of scratch back into things, believe it or not, on the bat of Kyle Schwarber and the arm of Max Scherzer, plus 800. But it really does feel like the Mets division to lose at this point. The Braves have had a myriad of injuries as well. Uh, so this is a big stay away for me in the East, and uh, I'm glad to be wrong uh, as a Mets fan that, you know, the Mets actually are playing up to expectations for once in a very long time. Any feelings here? Any concerns about this Mets number being too big? It does seem a little too big to me. I do think that the Mets are going to win the division, even when they deal with injuries and they're not scoring any runs. You know they're going to add something at the deadline, as we talked about before the season started. But minus 400 essentially is the equivalent of 80%. I'm not sure if I feel that it's greater than 80% that the Mets are going to win this division, especially with the only other team that I look at that I might sprinkle on, not the Braves, because again, I think this is kind of the year that finally the Pythagorean theory caught up with the Braves here, where they're always you know down in the projections. The Nationals are playing really, really well, and they're doing it without much going on right now. If they do get a little healthier, if Strasburg does come back, if they add something <laughs> at the deadline, I know. Mm -hmm. But Soto even has been out. If Josh Bell finds mm -hmm. a stroke a little bit, they have the potential to make a little bit of a run here, and they're over 500. So at plus 700 or plus 800, depending on where you can get it, at Foxbet, it's plus 1,100. I'm certainly interested in those odds, but I'll probably have a little bit there. But again, I do think the overwhelming probability is that the Mets win the division, but I'm not sure I feel at minus 400, which is, again, about 80%. I'm not sure I feel that confident. in it. Jack Flaherty went on the IL and the Cardinals fell off the map. Uh, the Brewers, who I loved coming into the season, mm -hmm. then I had a little buyer's remorse on. They are now minus 200. Very solid favorite here. The Cubs are plus 300. They've come crashing back down to earth. The Reds still can't get out of their own way at plus 700. So really, again, I think this is the Brewers to lose. And I'm trying to remember where we were at with the Brewers going into this season. Was it oh. 400, 450, something like that, right? Was it even greater than that? No, no, I think it was less. Was I think it, it was, was like, like 3,000. I remember 330 like by that. the time yeah. we got it. Yeah, and we we were over it. And again, the biggest the biggest liability that I have right now are the Brewers over 82 and a half wins. That, that was my biggest bet that I made coming into the year. Because again, we talked about it. And think of Joe, we, you know, we talk about it all the time. Their lineup is like embarrassingly bad and they are still just winning led by, as you mentioned it, the big three of Woodruff, Corbin Burns and Freddie Peralta. And shortening and it, the game at the end with Hater. Let's, exactly. not, let's not take that out of the equation. because It's not, guy, but Devin Williams hasn't been as good as we, oh. it's true a, a, again, but we thought Williams would be great. He's not, but either way, doesn't matter, man. And they probably will add somebody at the deadline because the Cubs right now are in second place. They're five games back. The Cubs don't want to be here, by the way, right now. Like they are not, they were not expecting to compete. They don't want to have to go out and add. The Reds are, you know, whatever, just kind of hanging around. Their bullpen is awful. And the Cardinals, as you said, have kind of fallen off the map. So I do think that the Brewers are going to win this division. I don't think any of the long shots are worth it, but the odds on, you know, the Brewers are anywhere, as you said, to minus 200 to minus 400. That's where I can get it at DraftKings. There's no way. I'm touching it at that. So for me, I think the Brewers are going to win. But at this point, I think all the value is gone. Uh, and in terms of value, the Dodgers minus 200 for the West, the Padres plus 250. As good of a story as the Giants have been, it's not realistic to win this division, I don't think. Um, this new Trevor Bauer news that broke kind of throws a little bit of a potential wrinkle in there, too. Uh, plus 250, if you believe in the Padres, and I do, this might be your last shot to get in on this. I, the Padres are for real. They've got pitching. 
you know, Snell eventually will straighten himself out, but Darvish has been good. Musgrove's been good. I wish Paddock was less erratic, and I don't mean to drop bars on you like this at this time of the afternoon, but still for me, it is the only money here worth wagering is on the Padres side of this. And the Dodgers really, you know, I think the Dodgers have taken advantage of the, the schedule when they could. But outside of that, like, I'm not blown away by how great and dominant the Dodgers are this year so far. Yeah, I agree with you. And the Bauer news, and again, the news that we were talking about is the the uh, news that broke yesterday as we record this, that he has been accused of assault. We have no idea what the ramifications that are going to be necessarily going forward, but it certainly adds some uncertainty. And the Padres, again, it goes back and forth, but it, the betting crows consensus as of this moment, because it moves all the time, which is why if you like something, you got to move on it, is right now plus 270. That corresponds to roughly a 27% chance. I think there's a greater than 27% chance that the Padres, who haven't even played that well yet this year and are still just three games back, can win this division. The Giants are plus 480. I mean, given how they've played, I agree. I don't think it's likely necessarily. I'm fine, though, if you are like, well, they're in first place. I want to get in on it. Okay. I, you know, it's I don't really expect money it. on fire. I, so I, it's don't probably do it. it. Don't it probably do it, everybody. Is. So for me, though, I agree with you, Joe. There's no way I'm taking the Dodgers right now, especially with the Bauer news, with everything that's going on with the team at minus whatever it is between 200 and 300. I will take the Padres at plus 270. I do think that that's a good bet. All right, switching gears to the American League, the Rays are plus 140, but I, I am not, I'm just no. not going to do it. I'm sorry, nope. I'm out. Uh, the Red Sox plus 175, intriguing. You know where I'm going, plus 450 uh-huh. Blue Jays. That's where yep. I want to go. This team's starting to find its identity. The Yankees look lost. Now, they're plus 452, which is one of the rare times you're actually getting a value on the Yankees. So Yankees and Blue Jays right now, those are the two teams. If the Yankees go on a run, they will add pieces. But these next three weeks are going to tell the tale. If the Yankees play well, this is going to be a minus number by August 1st. I'm telling you, there's going to be a minus number by August 1st if they rattle off, I don't know, like a 20 and 10 over their next 30 games or something like that. And that's not outside the realm of possibility. But the Blue Jays, because Robbie Ray's pitched well, because they seem to have, you know, chips to move as well. Marcus Simeon has played very well. George Springer yep. finally coming back. I think there's a confidence growing here with this young Blue Jay team. That's what I like. But look, I'm, I'm kind of ignoring the Red Sox, who have been pretty solid all year long. So what's your take on the American League East? I'm right there with you. The Blue Jays are by far my favorite bet right now. They're only five games over 500. They're six and a half out of first. The Rays, as we talked about, we both like the Rays, or at least I, I remember I did. I don't remember if you did. You did before the season me. started. I was concerned Correct. about glass now. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Can he be the ace? Can he be a 200 inning guy? I don't know. And I'm, I'm sad that he's not because he was spectacular when he was yeah. on the mound. But that injury completely changes where they are. So, look, the Red Sox are at plus money right now. But, again, that Red Sox pitching staff, man, that's not going to get it done over the long haul. And kudos to the team and kudos to Cora for keeping them in it. The Blue Jays have an awesome team. And, again, they have been they have been sort of just treading water right now. And they haven't had Springer all year long, as you mentioned. He just came back. Kevin Biggio has basically been lost in the desert. He was probably battling that neck injury his entire time. He's back. He is playing better as well. You mentioned Marcus Simeon, Tasker Hernandez. Bo Bichette is, again, a guy who's going to factor in probably mm-hmm. the MVP conversation if they didn't have one of the actual potential MVPs right. in Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And then you have the pitching staff, as you mentioned, Joe, which, by the way, is strong because of the fact that Robbie Ray has figured out how to stop walking people. Hyunjin Ryu is good. 
Ross Stripling is sort of out there kind yeah. of giving them what, innings what every time he's been in the last couple starts. What they need to do is figure out the bullpen because their bullpen has been pretty awful. Other than the fact that Jordan Romano seems to have kind of locked down the ninth inning, but they need to add to that. But look, they're willing to go out there and make moves, right? They just added Corey Dickerson, just a, a fourth outfielder just to sort of do that. So I think they're going to go for it. I think they're going to add, and I love it getting it at whatever you can get it right now. Look, it's at right now. The consensus again, Joe, you're quoting numbers. They move constantly like it moves before we start the podcast now right now the consensus i'm looking at is plus 500 at uh DraftKings, where i bet also plus 500 at fox bet plus 750 like wow. go out and oh, grab that if you can make that bet at fox bet. yeah right but either at plus 500 i i like that i think they um, honestly i think they're going to win this division so i'm putting my money where my mouth is well there's no money to be put on the central anymore i told you it was the white Sox before the he year did. if you didn't listen then and then I'm sorry. I for didn't. You. I don't think it I did. Gone. So. Yep. It's gone. Bye-bye. Minus 670. What? I mean, come on. And look, the Indians, I'm sorry. They can't catch it with Bieber being out too. They had injury yep. to Savali. The twins have been dreadful. Uh, let's go to the West, which is a two horse race, just like in the National League. The Astros minus 360, which I understand why they're the favorites and the A's are plus 225. You know, the A's could absolutely scoop in there, especially that Bregman injury. That was a bad one where he's going to miss at least another month or so. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, the Astros are so deep. And I think that's kind of where I struggle because they seem to like, well, okay, yeah, well, we got a bunch of other pitchers we can just bring up or, or bring back in from the bullpen. And, oh, we got Odorizzi too and Christian Javier. And it's just, they've got a lot of depth. And I think at the end of the day, that's what wins divisions. And that's why I like the Mets and I was cautiously optimistic, but as good as the A's have played, I would probably stay away from this. But if you want to bet the A's at 225, now's the time to do it because these two teams, I think it is going to be a two horse race all the way down the stretch. It, look, I loved the Astros before the season started. They were my pick based on their odds to win the AL and to win the World Series because, again, this was sort of a, a plausible scenario of this happening. Now, you mentioned it. They do have the Bregman injury, and it's not good. He's probably out at least another month. As we just talked about when we were talking about Luis Garcia, they just had an injury to Jose Urquidy last night as we record mm -hmm. this. But like you said, plenty of depth in that rotation in their lineup, it's really difficult for me to see the A's, even though they're only one and a half games back as we record this, it's still really hard for me to see them getting there at plus 225. It's just not enough to interest me. But also, like you said, like at minus 360 or whatever the Astros are right now, also not enough to entice me. I don't think it's more than, you know, a 78.3% chance that they're going to necessarily win that division. So it's a stay away from me. I'm, I'm pretty sure the Astros are going to win it, but it's not worth it either way to bet it. Let's see how Dan feels about the Astros winning the American League. They are at the top, plus 300. My White Sox at plus 325, I would still go in there. There's yeah. nothing for me to think that the White Sox in a short series with Giolito, with Lance Lynn, Carlos Rodon, Dallas Keuchel, can't get the job done, and if they can get Kopech healthy and all this other stuff going. Look, the White Sox to me are that team... As much as I would love to see the Astros in the World Series, because I think it'd be hilarious and Major League Baseball would be so angry about it. Uh, <laughs> the A's at plus 650, the Yankees at plus seven. Isn't it hilarious that yeah. the Yankee number is to the Yankee numbers at plus 700 to win the American league. It tells you mm -hmm. just the kind of premium you still pay on the Yankees regardless, even though they're like a plus five yeah. just to win their own damn division. Yep. Madness. But I mean, to me, it's the White Sox. That's the bet. That's the focus. Three plus three twenty five. That's a pretty good number. Anything can get more than that. Take it. Uh, and I'm fine with the Astros as well. But any other long shots for you? A's, Yankees, Red Sox, or even Blue Jays at this point, who are at eleven to one. 
Yeah, Blue Jays are the only other one that I'm going at. I agree with you that the Astros and the White Sox are the overwhelming favorites. Imagine, the, remember, the White Sox are doing all of this without Eloy Jimenez, without Luis Robert, and they might have both of them back by the time the playoffs run around. Mm-hmm. So certainly they are kind of the team to consider. But I do agree with the – again, we talked about it. The Blue Jays and the Yankees are basically at the same thing to win the division, and yet the Yankees are at plus 700 to win the AL, and the Blue Jays are at plus 1,100. The Blue Jays, by the way, I get it. I mean, in the wild card game, the Yankees have the better chance because they do have the overall single best pitcher with Garrett Cole, who might be knocked down a little bit. But in a short series, like, you know, the Jays right now have a rotation that can go out there again with Ryu, again uh, you know, if Manoa it can pitch to his potential, yeah, sort of where too, is sure. right, exactly. Um, so for me at plus eleven hundred, I'm definitely having a little bit on them, but that's the only one other than the two that we've talked about with the Astros and the White Sox that I can see making a bet on. The National League is still open for me. Uh, plus one ninety five for the Dodgers, plus three fifty for the Pods, plus four fifty for the Mets, who I think we're really going to be in this too. And then yep. you got the Brewers, you know, at plus six fifty with those three pitchers. This is tough for me. I, I still want to see a little bit more from all of these teams before I, I dip into this one. And if I'm going to take a shot here, I think it's actually on the Mets, believe it or not, yep. because they have that one transcendent pitcher. And we've seen that before where you could throw him. That's automatic W sometimes in those games. Um, you know, that feeling in New York, it's it's a tough place to go into play. Padres are a good number too, but I think the Mets are the most appealing on the board right now from what I've seen and where the numbers are. How about you to look to go to the World Series? We are simpatico. Again, we're Ah. seeing the board very similarly. And again, as Mm -hmm. you mentioned, we are self-loathing Mets fans. So believe me, this is not homerism. This is hard. This is torture It's the opposite. But you think about the the play, right? We agree that they are the probably overwhelming favorite to win their division, of course, which is great, right? You don't want to have that one-game playoff. Assuming that the Grom comes out of it healthy, you look at what the rotation could potentially be in a short and serious. Stroman has been fantastic this entire year. And again, we liked him coming into the year. We are not optimistic about when we're going to see Carlos Carrasco and Noah Syndergaard. But if you're talking about, are we going to see them in three months from now, by the time the playoffs roll around? Well, that's a better chance, especially if you've got a team that might have locked up the division. They can well, take their Taiwan time Taiwan Walker has been fantastic. And Taiwan Walker, exactly. And again, in a short series, one of those guys goes to the bullpen. Maybe Thor goes to the bullpen like he did when they made mm-hmm. right the playoffs in that first year. So maybe this is something where this is what they're going to do. So I do think, again, in a short series, it's really hard to beat the Dodgers. And it's probably going to be pretty hard to beat the Padres because their pitching is solid overall, especially if they get it sorted out. But the one team that can really do it is the Mets. You mentioned the Brewers. I don't necessarily mind it, again, because they have the pitching, as we said, to go after them in a short series. But that's the cutoff. Nobody beyond the Brewers with a plus 650. But I agree. The best value for me is the Mets at plus 450. And the trade deadline will also tell us a lot, too. These lines are going to move. So watch these next couple of weeks very carefully. Yep. And when those all happen, we'll come back and do it all again because we have to yeah. take a look at it once again. Uh, the Dodgers to win it all are plus 375. The Astros plus 650. The Padres 800. Same thing with the White Sox plus eight and the Mets at plus 850. You know, I White Sox and Mets is kind of where I'm at right now. Uh, I think Astros was a, another team that going into this year I, I felt pretty strongly about. I think Astros, Padres, White Sox, those were the teams I really kind of had uh, designs on to win it all. And still very early. We're halfway through the season. It is a marathon. But right now, is there something where you feel pretty confident that you want? If I'm going to put a chip somewhere, where is it going to be on one team to win it all? 
Yeah, I mean, again, if I could detach myself from my fandom, it probably would be the Mets because they do seem like a team that's built. But I agree with you with the White Sox. Look, I like the Ash. I got them at plus, again, I think it was 2,200 at the beginning of the season. They're now at plus 650. That value is kind of sucked right out of there. Again, we like the Blue Jays for, if we like them at the value for the American League, I like them at plus 2,500 necessarily to win the World Series as well. So that's the only other kind of long shot that I might go after. But realistically, it's hard to get away from any of the top five teams maybe. But if you did, it probably for me would be the Blue Jays because, again, this is a team, if they add like one big bullpen piece, maybe one more starter, God, that offense can just carry them absolutely all the way through. All right. I want to remind everybody, make sure you follow us over on YouTube and subscribe to the YouTube channel at Betting Pros. And of course, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Betting Pros is the name of the pod. And we do some really fun stuff. We cover it all. NBA, golf, baseball, NFL seasons right around the corner. So make sure you subscribe to get all that fantastic content. And don't forget to watch Dan Harris and myself every morning, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. Eastern on leading off. Again, we'll check in on all these MLB lines again in a few weeks to see what's changed because... And last month, a lot has, and sometimes that's the nature of the beast. So that'll do it for us, but the story of the game goes on. For Dan Harris, I'm Joe Pizzapia. We'll see you next time, kids.